Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Haley Lucas. I'm the mentor director of Female Footballers. I am joined by Rachel Thomas and Megan Wharton. Hi, guys. Hello. So today we want to kind of talk about something that often gets forgotten about um, when we're talking about being a whole player and a whole athlete, and that is self-care. And self-care can have a lot of different meanings to a lot of different people in terms of taking care of ourselves, as it's said in the name. So I first wanted to kind of talk about what self-care means to each of us um, and how we use different habits and we incorporate different tools to take care of ourselves, both as an athlete and as a person. Um, so I can start. Um, self-care to me means taking time for myself um, outside of my normal responsibilities in order to ensure that my body and my brain are operating um, at full capacity. Um, so I'll pass it off to Rachel. What does self-care mean to you? Um, yeah, I think it's evolved over time, but definitely um, I think there's kind of two there's the short-term self-care and the long-term self-care. And so I think it's the, the things you do to help you, like you said, for physically and mentally. And some of those things can be acute and some of them can be little things that you do over time um, to keep that consistent. Awesome. How about you, Megan? Rachel, I think that's such a good point that self-care can be like short-term, long-term, small things, big things. That's huge. I think in my thing, like self-care for me is that feeling of just taking a deep breath, whether it's to reassess, whether it's to feel good about something, to be organized, but it's like that taking a moment to just take a deep breath and just kind of like figure out your next step or things like that. That's like how self-care works for me. Able to, it enables me to slow down a bit. How do we think that self-care, we talk about it evolving over time. When did it become a priority in your guys's life? Was it at a young age or did it take some time to develop? I think when I was younger, I think just kids naturally do it, right? They're like, or they go bonkers, right? They're bounce, you bounce off the walls. I was a very active kid. And I mean, I just, you know, I, I just remember going out on the trampoline for hours, you know, or just being in the pool for forever. And so not knowing, oh, I'm doing self-care, you know? So I think as an adult, but even, even like as a young adult, I didn't feel, um, at, you know, like, oh, I need to practice self-care. I didn't really, ha I wasn't cognizant of it in that regard, but um, I think naturally sometimes we will do things because they make us feel better. That can be good and bad. Those can be good and bad habits, right? So I think that was what I started to learn probably more in college for me of just like, and it was also when I started learning more about, um, you know, uh, hydration most specifically I mean nutrition a little bit but I had had you know you kind of hear stuff it was the 90s or late 90s so the low fat craze was going on so that was weird but you know and being an athlete but the um you know learning that sort of taking care of your body self-care um probably then but in terms of the mind I feel like it actually maybe was even after college like 
I don't know. I felt like I was just always going, going, going and not maybe taking those times. Like you said, Megan, to take that deep breath. Um, and I think I'm much better at doing that now. Um, but it, it took practice, you know, um, I feel like, <laughs> I honestly feel like self-care wasn't really a thing until the entire world slowed down during this pandemic and people actually had the time to figure out what their self-care entailed. I know that was, that was it for me. And Rachel, I was the same way when I was little, like you're a kid, you're running around, you kind of do whatever fits your mood at the time. Um, and in college, it was self-care was going to Chipotle instead of the cafeteria food. And again, like you don't really think about it. You just do it because you'd rather eat a burrito for eight bucks than last night's chicken that you aren't really sure if it's chicken or not. Um, so like for me, I feel as if self-care never came around to being an actual labeled thing until the world slowed down and people were given the chance to figure out what their self-care routine, habits, practices were. And now that like the world has kind of picked back up, people are working full-time again, whether it be hybrid between home and in the office. I think people are like grasping onto that self-care in a way that's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm gonna make these things a habit. I'm gonna make the time to do them because I really enjoyed them when everything was at a standstill. So I think for me, it didn't happen until the pandemic self-care. I was like, all right, we're going to do an eight step skin routine. We're going to like go to the gym when I want to, if I have an hour in between meetings, I'm going to do it. So I feel as if it didn't really become a tangible thing that people consistently thought about until everyone was actually given the time to think about it, which is crazy. Totally. That's a great point. And I think sometimes there's also, at least for me, self-care can be just the recognition of all that stuff going on around you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be carving out time to do something, but maybe it's just taking a couple things off your plate. I think sometimes we'll talk about like staying consistent with it in a bit, but it can be hard to incorporate self-care because it feels like homework or it feels like more work at times, but just being present and in the moment and recognizing when you're overwhelmed, that's self-care in itself and kind of that self-awareness. So it does take many forms, but I do think it's very cool that we've kind of established that it's its own thing and it's got a name so that we can, um, continue to take care of ourselves in that way. Um, so what are some self-care habits that you guys make a priority in your daily life, whether that's as an athlete or just as a person? If you need a moment, you can think about it. But. I think, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Rachel. <laughs> I, I think the biggest, um, the biggest thing that I focus on in terms of because it because it affects me so much it and after being a mom it kind of everything goes out the window but is sleep and so I am very I've always been I, I've never been someone who stayed up super late I mean you know obviously when I was going out and stuff like that for sure if we go out late it's not like that but I'm 
1030, like I, I'm, my body is ready to go to bed and I'm very consistent about that. And, um, and when it doesn't, when I don't have a good night's sleep or something like that, it, it just affects me so much. So I think that's one of the things that I make a priority for that. Um, and then I would say probably hydration and, and just being, getting some sort of active, um, movement in during the day. I feel like mine are so similar to that. And I like, it's kind of funny because I wouldn't have even thought of sleep until you said something. Um, I've like sleep again, I'm the same way. If I don't get enough sleep the next, I've noticed that next morning, I just feel super lethargic and then I don't get things done. And then I'm hard on myself for not getting those things done or being in a bad mood. And it's just like a total domino effect. So I've been good about like making sure I give myself enough like sleep and doing like, I'll take melatonin if I need to, um, just so that like I can be rested. And I think another one would be I eating healthy, like snacks, whether it's like carrots, hummus, or any type of fruit, like just making sure I'm putting like good stuff into my body so that I don't like have those like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm not gonna be able to do like work out and things like that. So those would have to be mine. To echo that, I think sleep is probably my most important um, thing. And being, like you said, being consistent about it, um, which I can struggle with at times because I'm on my phone and then all of a sudden it's 1030 and then that just keeps kind of pushing on. Um, but that's a, definitely a big thing for me. And I listened to this podcast, um, which I highly recommend. It's called the Huberman Lab podcast. Um, it's hosted by a Stanford neuro um, scientist um, who talks about little things that you can do physiologically to improve your mood and performance and everything. So a small thing for self-care is when I wake up trying to as much as possible before I look at my phone or do anything, I try to go for a walk or do something where my eyes um, can acclimate to the natural light, where I'm able to get a little bit of exercise and it drastically improves my mood for the day. So like you guys mentioned, the exercise piece um, and kind of working on those tiny little things related to your health that can have such a large impact on taking care of yourself. And we'll put that podcast um, uh, in our show notes so you guys can check that out. But yeah, and podcasts for me, walking and listening to a podcast is something that I really enjoy um, to take care of myself and kind of get my mind off the things that we um, have to do every day and kind of our responsibilities um, so kind of taking it back to habits related to your success as an athlete, is there anything else that you prioritized during your athletic career or wish you had of a little bit more? I wish I had someone like teaching ways on how to have recovery days. Um, that's the biggest thing I wish I would have known so that older, like older Megan now Megan would understand that it's okay to not do anything today. Like you're not going to go two steps backwards, but mentally, if it makes you feel better doing something, then what's like either a low impact or what's a stretching something besides like yoga. Um, 
what is something that you can do on a recovery day that still mentally gives you that satisfaction of moving your body, but it actually allows your body to recover. And that's something like, I wish I would have known or learned a little bit earlier. Yeah, for sure. I think that was as a kid, always active. And then in college, obviously playing and stuff and not really knowing that, especially when you're dealing with like, well, if I just get more fit, I, I'm going to go for another run or I, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, that's going on, just learning that the, actually your body needs, needs that rest and how to effectively rest it. Um, but to your point, you need the mental side of it to be satisfied. So, um, yeah, I, I think I don't remember having that skill set um, in my playing time. Um, and I think that would have been very helpful. And I think there's also such a sense of guilt that we have, at least um, when you're competing at the highest level, that I need to be working hard all the time. And there's always that drive. And that's something that we deal with um, as high level athletes and understanding that sometimes working smarter and not harder is the best path. And it took me a long time to kind of separate um, that guilt. And I think um, it's, it's fun to be able to just go for a run and not be able to track anything and be like, I can run at whatever pace I want. But um, giving yourself those breaks. And I think that's something that's another conversation, but that the work ethic and the hard work all the time, isn't necessarily prioritizing our self-care when we need it. Um, But yeah, those are, those are great comments. How do you guys stay motivated or consistent when practicing self-care? I love, I have a quote that, um, came from this book and it's called and the quote is so easy to do so easy not to do and it's one of those things I always like if I catch myself like oh maybe like I'll stay up for another episode which actually means two more episodes which is actually another hour and a half um like instead of going to bed or not a biggest thing for me is like I can be so busy that I'll forget to eat and then I'm like Uh, kind of like crazy but the biggest thing for me is just thinking like these things are so easy to do which makes them equally so easy not to do and just realizing that like in the time that it forced me to think about other things to do or what I could be doing instead I could have already been done with that self-care and then kind of just focusing on like you always feel so good after doing something for yourself, whether it's you go to bed early, you eat a good snack, you like wash your face in the morning, you make your bed in the morning, whatever it may be, like just kind of focusing on that good feeling afterwards of like, ah, I did it, I got it done. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how I stay motivated for them. I, I, I don't really... I have to think more on that. But one of the things that you were talking about, Megan, the, I, the spatial stuff can really like affect me. And so, but it's not like I'm a, I'm a neat freak, but so my desk will then, you know, get very cluttered. And then that, when I see that and I 
am stressed out about it, then I, when I take the time to do that, I'm like, okay. And it makes me feel better. And so that's an act of self-care. I just think that sometimes we have to remember that self-care doesn't. And I think that's what going back to what you were talking about with the pandemic, I think it really, um, helped people one have the word, have the term to say it Two, have the, um, ideas about it. And then three, figure out what, what, which of those work for you. Cause me personally, I don't like baths. I don't like being in hot water. It does not, it's not for me, but some people love it. And that is a great form of self-care. But a lot of times people think about that, right? They think, Oh, a spa day. And you know, things like that. I'm not saying a spa isn't bad. I would take a massage, but, <laughs> um, so I think that, um, you know, the, that those are the things to think about when you're thinking about self-care. It's not like someone can't just tell you. And, and it goes back to what we always talk about, which is self-awareness. So what, what makes it, you feel better? You know, it's going to be different than the person next to you. Um, and once you know that, then you can help instill those habits into your, um, daily routines. And then when you, you know, need them, those bigger things or those hour long self-care activities that you might want to do. Totally. I do think that there's a trend or like when we see little like self-care activities, a lot of them seem to be pampering yourself is kind of the idea. Um, and like you said, it totally doesn't have to be, it can be anything. One of mine is I've talked about this before. I like to color and coloring books and listen to music or a podcast. It's just something I think I'm a massive overthinker and it's nice to kind of have my mind at rest for a couple minutes and whatever kind of helps your mind get at rest is, can be so different for everyone. For me, staying motivated and consistent is scheduling time to do it. I'm a big planner person. Um, I'm always writing down my schedule. And so at least when less now, but when my schedule was very busy in college with school, I would map out every hour of the day, which some people that can be anti-self-care that can be stress inducing for some people, but for others that need that order and structure, even just mapping out my day was a form of self-care because it helped me prioritize and compartmentalize what I needed to do. And at least for me, prioritizing my sleep and caring about that, it's okay, 945 hard cutoff or whatever time it is, we're winding down. So for me, um, that's how I kind of keep myself accountable and being able to check things off of, in a box or off of a list has definitely been a successful tool for me. Um, and kind of veering off of that now into kind of our final, maybe more advice piece, it can be toward directed at yourself. I know we've talked about that a little bit, but what advice do you have for young people, young women um, that we haven't already mentioned or have to reiterate about practicing self-care? I think, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I think the biggest obstacle that I have found working with young athletes, and this isn't just athletes, with young people is, and females in particular, is this sort of, Oh, and you talked about this, Haley, the, the guilt maybe about doing this. And, and I think we need to, I think we're shifting that needle that there's less, that, that now it's more accepted. You know, if someone says that's not going to work for me, that's more accepted. Um, whereas before it'd be like, no, 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 this is what everybody's doing. You got to do it, you know? 
Um, and there's time and place for all that. But I think just, I would tell the young, young, my younger self, like, it's okay. It's okay to do these things and don't feel guilty about it. And it's actually going to be, make you a better athlete and, and just happier human overall. So, um, I think that's what I would say It's just, and hopefully, you know, it is more that way for this generation. Um, and there's more ideas about it and just talking about it. So, um, I just think don't feel guilty about it. Cause I, that was the hardest thing for me. Cause I, you know, especially when I stopped playing, I was like, I had all this time now, you know, that I wasn't, and I just couldn't figure out like, or I, I, for a little while, it was just hard. Like, no, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to get up and go do something right away. Like you can just relax. And so just, um, try not to feel guilty. That's a big one that I've always struggled with is that guilt of like, well, I could be doing something more productive or I've had this thing on my to-do list for two weeks now. And that's, I think is huge. Um, I think one piece of advice is take some time to figure out what you truly enjoy just on your own in order to create like that self-care habit, like try new things, go out maybe like hiking or walk outside or maybe it's reading, maybe it's like cooking or whatever it may be is genuinely invest in the time to figure out what works for you. Um, because when you're able to do that, you're able to be a little bit more self-aware of those feelings you have when you are doing something like this is not giving me peace. This is not giving me happiness. What can I do type of thing? And I think that will help not only with finding something that really will stick with you as like a self-care activity, but also will help you in other aspects of your life and things that you're like, this isn't serving me. What can I do type of thing? Because self-care is, it's something worth investing in because in the long term, it's it's only going to like help. Totally, we'll kind of end it there. If you guys need more to add, I think you kind of summed that up perfectly. And um, just off of that, that if the self care habit doesn't work, pivot. And I think we're always able to adapt and change. Um, but thank you guys for joining us today. Um, we hope you gain something um, in terms of just kind of thinking about your own self-care habits or what you'd like to incorporate. But basically the goal is that taking care of yourself can make you a better athlete, a better student, and kind of help um, help you lead hopefully a more fulfilling um, and enjoyable life. We like to um, enjoy what we do. So thank you guys for joining me um, and we hope you'll join us next time on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks guys.